The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Welcome to the Source of Truth podcast as we study the Source of Truth, which is the Word of God. And I'm glad you joined us today as we take a few minutes out of our day to look into God's Word and see what we can learn from it and how it can be a help to us today. Our theme verse for our podcast is Psalm 119.105 that says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And that's what we look at. We know that the Bible is that thing that guides us and directs us. And so at this point, I I brag on you and I commend you for taking a few minutes to, to study God's Word and to, to listen to the teaching of it. And I hope this is a help today. We are in 1 Peter chapter number 3. 1 Peter 3. Uh, in a moment, we're going to start in verse number 15. And what we're going to talk today about is the idea of our response to suffering. Yesterday, we talked about the reality of suffering. We talked about the fact that even whether you are saved or not saved, suffering, trials, struggles are part of life. So the question is, um, are they worse as Christians? We did say that being a Christian does not eliminate suffering. Um, And sometimes as a Christian, there might be more. Well, I shouldn't say more, but we know that Satan hates us and Satan will bring things to us. We also know the Bible says, greater is he that lives in us and he that lives in the world. And he's already overcome the world. But he did tell us in verse 14, if you suffer for righteousness sake, happy are ye. And be not afraid of the terror of the world. So if we suffer one thing for life, it's another thing. But if somehow well, the Lord sees fit to allow us to suffer for him, for the cause of Christ, who's happier ye, it's something special as a Christian to have endured some even small level of persecution because of your belief in Christ. And uh, that is a great, great thing. In today's day, we run from that. In today's culture, we think everything should be easy. We think that any level of our Christian faith that doesn't make life easier is is wrong, and, and we're doing something wrong. We must be in sin, and it might be the exact opposite. The battle you find yourselves in might be exactly a result of your growing faith in Christ. It might be one more thing that God is doing to teach you, to strengthen you, and maybe even to reach the lost through you. So we realize that suffering is part of life and yes, part of being a Christian. So the question then is, as we endure suffering, uh, trials, temptations, whatever term you want to use, how how should we respond to those things? Let's read the next couple of verses. Verse 15, 1 Peter 3, verse 15, the Bible says, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and in fear, having a good conscience, that whereas they speak evil of you as of evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. So he, he says that, you, you know, if you're right with God and you're saved and you're going the right direction and your reasons, you know, if you're, not, if, if you're being persecuted because you're cruel and you're mean and you're kind of condemning and judging other people, that's a different story. But if, if you're going the right direction, loving God, serving God, loving people, and persecution comes, struggle comes your way, suffering, again, whatever term, um, how do we respond? Well, he tells us to be ready always to give an answer to every man. But what are we answering for? That ask us off the reason of our hope. So when we go through this, one of the things, if you suffer, as we look in verse 14, biblically, okay, that doesn't mean you don't cry. It doesn't mean you're always smiling through it. That just means you have a hope through the midst of these things. That makes no sense. You know, the Bible tells us we sorrow, but not as those who have no hope. So we look at this and we say that, 
Um, we, we look to the battles we're going through and the world should see in our lives something unique, something different, something they don't have. I mean, to the world, many of the battles they face, they say, what's the point? They see emptiness and despair. And as a Christian, as we're following what Jesus says, there's hope. You know, pain, yeah, some struggle, but there's hope. We realize that in the midst of the things that hurt, there's still a time we say there's hope. I mean, when my sister passed away, I was, I think, 20 at that point when my sister, when God called my sister home to heaven. And while we knew there was hope because we'd see her again, that she was in the presence of God, she was free from pain and all of the things you could say, there was still immense, immense amount of pain. She, she was a close friend of mine. She was no longer part of our life. I would live the rest of my life and not be able to enjoy all the other experiences that you should be able to enjoy with family. And that was hurtful. But in the midst of that pain, there was hope. And so what do we do? We ready always to give an answer to any man. So the person's going to come and they might come and criticize you. They might come and say, why would your God do this? They might do all of that, but we have an answer. We give an answer to every man that asks us that's the reason for our hope. Now, we do it in meekness and in fear. We don't do it arrogantly. We don't act like we've got it all conquered. I'm a super spiritual person. And meekness and fear are the premise, the reality that it's God who does it, the reality of the opportunity we have to be able to teach the truth. So when people come and say, how is it you, you know, can endure this? Or why would you be okay with God in your life still? You can explain the hope. You can explain that. Uh, one commentator put it this way, and I think he had a great way to put it. The fact is that being a Christian, being a Christian is not a spectator sport. Too many times we want that today. We want to come and sit in church and consume, and we want it to be given to us. We want to be entertained. We want to receive. We want to get and be filled and get information into our head. But that's not the premise God intended in the Christian life. The Christian life is not a spectator sport. And while you can spectate, you're going to limit what you can really do in enjoying the fulfillment that God has for you. It's, it's not a spectator sport. He expects us to engage and to move forward. And while that is not always comfortable, uh, well, you just embrace it. You be comfortable being uncomfortable. Embrace the awkward. Move forward. God is going to use you somehow, and we move forward with that. He's, it's not a spectator sport. God is desiring for you to be out doing certain serving, being involved in engaging in the life of others. And that is what God has intended in that ASA. So he wants us to move forward. It's not a spectator sport. It's an active lifestyle. He says in verse 16, having a good conscience that whereas they speak evil of you as of evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. So if we have a good conscience, now the idea of a good conscience simply means that I know between me and God that I'm right, that the reasons I did what I did were biblical and I am not wrong. He goes, because some of the world is going to accuse you. The term is they're going to speak evil of you as of evildoers. They're going to accuse you of being wrong. They're going to accuse you of being the evildoer. They're going to accuse you of being a bad parent or being a bad person or being a bad steward of your finances or whatever it's going to be. Anytime they see a battle in your life, they're going to look at you and say, well, it's your fault. You did wrong. If you had done this, if you had not done this, um, we think of Job. We know a little bit about the story of Job, that Job didn't know when he was going through it. Before we learn of Job experiencing the two major set of trials he went through, we know that Satan was in the presence of God. And God said, have you seen my servant Job? He's bragging on him. And Satan says, he won't brag on you if you let me hurt him. And that was the conversation. 
And yet, while Job is suffering, he's got these, these friends that came to sit and help him. And man, while they kept their mouths shut, they were great. The moment they started talking, they showed how foolish they were, how ignorant they were in the scenario. But never once did Job look and say, it's God's fault. He, he, they, his godly friends even said, Job, this obviously has to be your fault. God is bringing punishment to your life. And Job says, no, because I know I'm right before God. When we have a clear conscience, by the way, that doesn't mean a seared conscience. It doesn't mean that I've justified my actions. And I, no matter what the Bible says, or no matter what truth is, I'm okay. That's not what it's talking about here. When I know before God that I am right, before God and man, Paul said that I strive to have a conscience void of offense before God and man. And when I can say that, then I know that I'm right, so that when accusation comes my way, at first I'm accused as the evildoer. He goes, but later, how does he put it in the end of that verse? They will be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ, your good lifestyle. Ultimately, the truth will come out. God will let it come out. Does that mean we're always going to be vindicated? No. Sometimes we'll never be vindicated. But ultimately, the truth will come, and that's all that matters, whether it comes in the next month, whether it comes after you pass away, uh, whatever it is, God will allow the truth to come out. And so that we follow him and we do right. Here's the key, vindicated or not, we just need to follow God. We need to follow God in obedience and trust him and stand lovingly, humbly, fearfully, and graciously where we know we're right. And then just let God take care of the things we can't take of. Sometimes suffering is going to come. And it doesn't, it's not very easy and it doesn't seem fair, but it's going to come. Our response is to be ready always to give an answer. So we trust God enough to give an answer. And then we make sure that we're living with a conscience that's clear. So that way, no matter what's said about us, we let God take care of those things and we don't have to. So are there things we maybe need to get right? You say, you know what, I, if I have to be honest with the conscience before God, in some of these areas, I wasn't right. Well, then just get it right. Take care of that situation, get your conscience clear, and then let God take care of those details. Uh, you can't control what other people say, but you can control you. You can control your responses, and that's what God challenges us to do. Well, thanks again for joining us on this Thursday morning and giving me the opportunity to be part of your day. It's greatly appreciated. I hope it's a help. I hope it's an encouragement. I hope if you happen to be going through suffering right now, you know, we'd always have to say, I hope you're not, but if you, God allows it, I hope you understand how much he loves you. He's not going to leave you. He's right there. What can you learn through this? How can you see God different in this than, we're, than, than before this came into your life? And then just trust God to work in a way that only God can. Again, thanks for joining us today. I hope you join us again tomorrow.